Well, good morning, Rolling Hills, and happy Thanksgiving to you. We are really glad um, in the spirit of this season. We're really thankful um, that you're here today and that you joined us for worship. Um, as we celebrate stories of Thanksgiving, what we're doing is being able to share the stories of what God has done in the lives of people this year. This morning, we're going to encounter some testimonies and some videos about what God's doing in the lives of people. And as we see those things, what we're inspired to do is to reflect on this last year um, and be grateful for all of the things that God has done in our lives. Every week we get to come in here and be a part of a series or an ongoing story of what God is teaching us through scripture. And so uh, this week I'm reminded of all the great things that I've learned this year, all the things that God has taught me this year, all the things that he said to me this year, all the things that he has inspired me to be in the power of Christ this year. I'm thankful for that for you too. I want to extend a special word of welcome this morning to all of our elementary school kids and middle school kids who are worshiping in here with us today. The cool thing about that is that you guys are getting to worship alongside your parents. Today we're going to come to a communion table, a table that's not unlike the tables that we'll sit at on Thursday this week um, to celebrate all the things that we have to be thankful for. And as we come, this is an opportunity for those of you who are moms and dads in the room to bring your kids with you to the table um, and to use this as a teachable moment explaining to them what Christ has done for you. I'm really excited about the chance that we have to continue our time of worship this morning. As we do that, would you turn around and say hello to someone around you and tell them that you're thankful that they're here today too. Brenda Price. I'm Doug Price. This is Elijah Bowman Price. We met back in college and we dated long distance for five years. Five <laughs> years, not rushing into anything, clearly. <laughs> and uh, we've been married for 10 years. We wanted to wait a while because we had dated long distance for five years, so we hadn't had a lot of time together in the same state. And so, you know, it was never our plan to immediately start having children. And so it was about five years into our marriage that we decided that we wanted to start trying to have kids. And uh, well, it didn't, didn't quite happen <laughs> like we thought it would or as soon as we thought it would. And so we did pursue um, further medical help uh, in getting pregnant and uh, that didn't work either for us. And so after a couple of years of that, uh, we just kind of decided that we were going to stop the extra medical procedures and just trust God that if he wanted us uh, to be parents, we would be. And, you know, especially towards the end of the five years, we just kind of thought, well, maybe, maybe this isn't God's plan for us. And, you know, even though we didn't really understand why that would be, um, you know, we thought, okay, well, he knows better than we do. And if, if that's what he wants for our lives, then there's a reason for it. Bon dia, we went to Aruba on our honeymoon and this year we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary. I would love a romantic getaway with me douchey to Aruba for our baby moon. I'm pregnant. Are you? You're gonna be a dad. Uh -huh. Yeah. Serious? Yeah. What about a rumor <laughs> I don't know, this might make a good video. A 
pure shock when I found out I was pregnant. I mean, complete and total shock. It just shows, you know, his faithfulness. It just really shows how in control he is and everything in his perfect timing. I mean, this, you know, it, it certainly didn't feel like the perfect time to wait for five years, but now that he's here, it just feels perfect. I would say God, you know, taught me to just rely on him and to know that he is all we need. Um, you know, like we talk about perfect timing, we don't understand everything. We don't get it, and it can be hard, and we can, you know, shake our fists saying, God, why? Or we can have our hand open saying, God, I need you, and, and I need you to help me through this time. And, uh, you know, it was very important for us to, to never have our hand closed, to have it open and to say, we still don't get it, we don't know what the future looks like, but we know that you love us. I mean, I, I'm so thankful, you know, that he's given us this gift, this little miracle. Every child's a miracle, and but this one is especially feels like one to us <laughs> since we waited so long for him. And you know, just being thankful every day for him. And it's not just about being thankful that he's here, but I'm, I'm thankful for the sleepless nights. I'm thankful for being spit up on. And you know, I'm I'm thankful for <laughs> for his grunts. <laughs> you know, for everything you know that comes along with it. And um, you know, I'm even thankful for the journey just to, to have been on because I've, I do feel like it's deepened our relationship with each other. Um, you know, I know it's certainly grown our faith as well. We had no idea we'd have this guy. We thought, man, our time was done. We weren't going to have this. And we started to give up hope. Never give up hope. And I'm so thankful that God said, man, I'm going to keep you on this track because my timing is perfect. Wow. Well, church, welcome to our stories of Thanksgiving, and this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. I mean, just as we have opportunity to share what God's been doing in our hearts and our lives, and, and before we get into all the food and the travel and the shopping and the football, we want to stop and say, we want to be thankful, right? Let's be thankful to a God who has done so much for us. So I'm going to put Psalm 100 up here. I would love for us just to read this aloud together, okay? Are you ready? One two, three. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Isn't that awesome? His faithfulness continues through all generations. And this morning is just a time that we give glory back to him. I love having kids in here. I love just the opportunity to come to a table as a family, a church family, as a body, to worship and to say thank you to a God who's been so gracious to us. As we all know, right, Thanksgiving started in 1621, when the pilgrims went through a severe winter, they came out on the other side and they just said, we want to be thankful. We want to worship. And so it was a time of prayer, a three-day feast. And then it was on November 26, 1789, that the president of the United States, then George Washington, he instituted this nationwide celebration on that day by saying, as a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, 
as a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God. And then it was in 1863, in the midst of the Civil War, that Abraham Lincoln said every year, every November, as a nation, we are going to be thankful. We're going to be thankful. And I love that even in the midst of the Civil War, even in the midst of challenges, even in the midst of difficulties, this call to thankfulness. You know, there's power in thankfulness, isn't there? There's, there's power when we stop and we realize that there is a God who loves us. That there is a God who blesses us. That there is a God who is the giver of all good gifts. And we didn't do this in our lives, right? We don't have breath in our lungs because we put it there. Or the food or the shelter, or the clothes, all those things that God provides for us. And awesome, the power to recognize God's sovereignty in our lives. To recognize that He is in control. Even when we feel like we're out of control, that God is sovereign. And that gives us confidence as we go forward. And the power to realize the interconnectedness of the body. To, to realize that we owe one another a loyalty, that we're in this thing together, that it's the body of Christ. Research has shown over and over just the impact of being thankful in your life. Being thankful, research shows, reduces stress. Isn't that true? When you're thankful, it just seems like the stress kind of goes away because so often we're stressed out because we look at our circumstances. We focus just on our circumstances. But when we're thankful, it does something in us and it reduces that stress. Being thankful also research shows that it, it negates the negative emotions. It negates the bitterness. It negates the resentment. It negates the envy because we're thankful. We're thankful. Research also shows that being thankful, it sustains relationships. I mean, how many of us want to be around people who gripe and complain all the time, right? Nobody does, right? We want to be around people who are happy. We want to be around people who are saying, I'm thankful. Maybe it doesn't mean everything in my life is perfect, but I'm thankful. We're like, good, I'm with you, man. You know, I'm like, this is awesome. It sustains relationships, and we're going to have a great opportunity this week to do that, to be thankful. And then being thankful improves our health. Research shows over and over, people who live longer are thankful people. People who go to the Dr. Lesser thankful. It just, it just happens in us. It does something in us physiologically, being thankful. It says in the book of Luke, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And, and as he traveled, he came through the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So here's Jesus. He's walking along. He's heading down to Jerusalem. He's going to the temple. And, and, and all of a sudden, all these ten men start realizing their own need. And they see Jesus and they call out. And I love that about these guys. Because so many times in our lives, when we see our own need, we try to fix it. These guys realize, I can't fix it. I'm going to call out to the one who can. And they called out to Jesus. And when he saw them, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now this took some faith, Okay. Because you would go show yourself to the priest when you were healed. So Jesus didn't say, hey, listen, you're healed. Jesus just said, go show yourself to the priest. You've got to put your faith into action. You've got to start walking, right? And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, as they joined in what God was doing, as they followed, as they trusted, as they were obedient, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And then it says, and he was a Samaritan. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other. In fact, they hated each other. 
And Jesus kind of points out, this guy was a Samaritan. This guy, right, he shouldn't have gotten it, but somehow he's the one out of the ten that came back and said thank you. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith, your faith, your faith has made you well. There's, there's power in being thankful. And this week's going to get out of control. This week's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. But, but before we get into all that madness, we want to say, we want to be the one. We want to be the one to come to the table. We want to be the one to come back and throw ourselves at Jesus' feet and say, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life. You are so good, and you are worthy of praise. When you came in this morning, you received a worship God. Inside this worship God, there's a leaf. I'd love for everybody to take this out. Just take it out right now. Everybody should have one. If you don't have one, there's some in the back. You can run back there and grab one. And there should be a pin pretty close to you, somewhere around you. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Throughout the morning, I want you just to take some time to write down on this leaf some things for which you're thankful. I want you to take some time just to write down some things for which you are thankful throughout the service. And, and then in a little bit, we're going to have a chance to come or to respond and to give back and to say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want you to hear this morning from Brooke Pascali and from Steve Norris, two amazing people. I'd love for you guys to come and to share this morning. It's been an amazing year for both of you and what God has done on your own journey and Brooke and Tony are just so involved and so amazing here at church, and Steve and Missy and their family, and, and uh, I'm so thankful for you guys being willing to share with us today, and, and Brooke, tell us a little bit, because you guys had just moved here, Peyton, you know, your first child was being born, and there was some worry, there was some fear, there was some anxiety, talk to us about all of that. So, I think every woman, when they get pregnant, worry if they're gaining enough weight or not gaining enough weight, if the baby's moving too much, if the baby's not moving mm. too much, there's a lot of just fear of the unknown, and um, it's hard to describe exactly what I was feeling prior to her birth, but uh, I kind of say it was like the Holy Spirit was just screaming at me, um, and I kept telling the doctor, I, I'm not sure if everything's okay, she said, no, you're fine, you're measuring correctly, um, and finally, just the voice got so loud, I just said, I, I am telling you something's either wrong with the baby or I'm doing something wrong here. Mm. And so finally she let us have another ultrasound. And in that room we um, found out that our full-term baby only weighed three pounds. And so 57 minutes later um, she was out. They rushed us to the hospital full of doctors and immediately took her out. And um, the next several days we were just kind of left wondering what happened you know, why did this happen? Um, and the next day, I'll never forget the um, OBGYN came in and the nurse and said, had you not asked for that ultrasound, um, sh you would have lost your daughter within hours. And she said, you're very lucky. And I said, I am not lucky, but I'm very blessed. And, um, and then another doctor came in and kind of gave us some news that would come to haunt us for quite some time. She said it wasn't uh, clear if Peyton had got the proper nutrients to her brain and they weren't sure if she would have delays and developmental delays so we spent three weeks um, in the NICU and finally brought her home but we were still feel, 
filled with a lot of fear and worry and anxiety. Mm, wow. And being a, a new mom mm. and uh, all the things that are going on emotionally and mm. uh, just physically. And, and yet God brought some people in to help you during that time. Talk about that. So Jessica Howarda um, actually suggested getting um, reaching out to a group called Nurses for Newborns. And she said that uh, a nurse actually in the church, her name is Jennifer Holden, worked for them. And that, that would be something that I'd probably benefit from. And so I reached out. And basically, Nurses for Newborns, their kind of battle cry is saving babies and helping families. And they take families similar to ours, just fear-filled families and moms, and help kind of weave, kind of walk through those first couple months after you're discharged. And she was just such a blessing to our family in that time, um, and has since become just a great friend. Um, and just really, every week she would come and weigh Peyton, so we didn't have to take her to the doctor. She would help us see the developmental milestones that she was helping our hitting, and um, just was a light in a very dark place for us. Mm -hmm. And so we just adored her and love her. Wow. Yeah. Well, God used her. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you all didn't even know the connection to Rolling right. Hills right. until that time. But right. then you just felt like you needed to give back, mm -hmm. you know, because God had been with you in that time mm -hmm. and you needed to help others. Talk about what's happened since. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny in that in those moments of crisis, you're just wondering what good can come out of this. Mm -hmm. What is you know the Lord thinking having you go through this struggle and I learned that he wastes nothing in our life mm. there's no there's no struggle yeah. there's no crisis there's nothing that he wastes in our life if we let him use our story for his glory and so um, since then there's just been several people that have I've met or you know we're friends that have gone through similar situations and in that those times I just can't help but to be there for them mm -hmm. and um, just get involved in Nurses for Newborns. I've actually been asked to be on their board now, which is um, exciting. And last year, I, I asked Jennifer, what, what do they do for these babies at Christmas? Because a lot of these babies have nothing. And she said, well, we kind of have a program. It's, you know, kind of small. I said, well, let's, let's see if we can do something about mm -hmm. that. So last year, we started a angel tree type thing called Love for the Littlest. And we help 56 babies and their families at Christmas on Christmas morning have presents and it was a great success and so I said let's let's go big or go home this year so the Lord heard that and we actually had 140 um, babies and their siblings and and so it was a little daunting but this body in this church the moms group that and the mom to mom really stepped up and we took over half of those families and last Tuesday, we collected over probably 250 presents just here and probably 400 to 500 gifts throughout the city. So um, it was just really neat to see how people came together to give back to these kiddos. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Um, what are you thankful for today? I am thankful um, for Jennifer, our nurse that helped us. And I'm thankful for Nurses for Newborns that just really helps 
um, parents and, and, and babies in a, in a moment of crisis. I'm thankful for this body that is so giving and so willing to give back. And when I piped up and said, oh, we could probably take 60 families, they just said, what church do you go to that you can just volunteer 60 people? I said, I go to Rolling Hills, and we love people. And this mom's group that I'm a part of loves to give back. And so I'm thankful for you guys. Mm -hmm. And um, um, most of all, I'm thankful to Jesus who, um, in his mercy, decided to spare Peyton. Um, for us, and she's she's the best. I'm thankful for for Jesus. I love that. Oh, thanks. Well, Steve, you uh, have had an amazing um, journey. You know, God's been doing some awesome things in your life. And talk about before the ministry happened that you're doing now. Talk about your life kind of before. Um, yeah, I had actually had no intention of being involved in ministry. I was my life was like a lot of men's lives. I was full of work and family, and that seemed to be the only thing I had time for, um, work and family, work and family. And I had this feeling of guilt, um, kind of a nagging feeling that I needed to be giving back, but there wasn't time to give back. So, you know, I kind of appeased myself by saying, I'll give back when there's time, and put my head down and continue to work and family. Um, a couple years ago, God blessed me with the time. Uh, the company that I was a part of was sold, and I was able to retire. So um, it was at that time where um, we really got involved uh, with the church family, attending church regularly, getting involved in a small group, and I started looking for an organization where I could could spend my time giving back. It took a while to find the right one, but I finally came across something that uh, felt like it was a good fit for me. It was a program that the YMCA was running called Why Build, and it was focused on uh, helping um, young men get their life back on the right track. So guys that have grown up with difficult uh, circumstances, made some mistakes along the way, this is a program that kind of helped them um, kind of find the right path. So I started spending time there, um, and um, you know, I guess from the world perspective, I should have felt pretty good. You know, here I am, you know, giving back, but that nagging feeling was still there that uh, I wasn't doing either enough or the right thing. Um, I couldn't figure it out, but um, you know, decided, you know, again, I'll kind of deal with that later. Um, and then I guess about 18 months ago, we did started next steps here, um, and. You know, I'll never forget sitting down, you know, where I normally sit, you said something that felt like it was directed right at me. And you mm -hmm. just like, that nagging feeling, you know, if you ever have a nagging feeling that go, doesn't go away, it's likely that Holy Spirit trying to nudge you. Mm -hmm. um, and that just, it, it hit me. It's like, all right, that sounds exactly like what I've been dealing with. And, you know, so now I've spent all these years trying to figure out how to ignore God. I better figure out what he's trying to tell me. So I started praying, you know, kind of for the next couple of weeks saying, you know, God, if you're, if you're telling me something, um, you might want to be a little bit more direct, a little bit more bold, um, because it's not getting through. So um, if, if you want to use me for something, um, let me know. And within a couple of weeks, I got that answer. Um, the Y announced that they were going to be um, terminating the program. They were, weren't going to fund it anymore, and they're just going to let it die at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, that's when I realized that, you know, God was calling me to make sure that that program continued. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, we, we started um, a new organization took over the program that the Y had been running, and now for uh, all of this year, uh, 413 Strong, the name of our, our uh, program has been in existence. Wow. Tell us about, how would you come up with the name, 413 Strong, and then what's God been doing there? Yeah, um, it's, it's absolutely an amazing program. So 413 Strong, based on Philippians 413, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And, uh, you know, that's really the message you're trying to send the guys that are part of our program that it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you've done. Um, as long as you believe in God and you want to make a change, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. um, so 413 Strong is a six-month residential program. So the guys that are part of our program move on campus with us, live with us for six months. 
and we really focus on giving them the tools they need to turn their life around. So we have faith-based vocational and life skills training. Uh, we help these guys get jobs in the construction industry. Uh, once they get their jobs, we actually drive them to and from work every single day to make sure that they're always there on time. And then throughout the six months, they're engaging in our Bible study, um, where you know, we're introducing them to the scripture and helping them build that faith foundation. And to watch what God is doing in these men's life is just amazing. I mean, he is showing them you know, what it means to have a relationship with him. Uh, he is, is showing them what it means to be safe and to be loved and to be appreciated. He's teaching them how to be fathers and husbands. And it's just you know, watching them grow. They're, they're breaking the cycle that has gripped their, their life and their, their you know, generations of their lives of crime and poverty and incarceration. He's giving these men hope. Mm -hmm. um, it's just been incredible to see what he's done. I love that. And tell us how your faith has grown in this whole process. <laughs> um, it, it, it's actually been fun to watch um, because there's nothing in my background that has prepared me for what I'm doing now. Um, so I have had to um, trust in God that he is going to provide what we need when we need it. Um, he knows what, what the program needs, and it's there. It just it seems to show up even before I know that we need it. Um, you know, I just I have so many examples throughout this year of how God has done his work. Um, you know, one of them is we were struggling, you know, the first six to eight weeks the guys are in the program, um, it's grueling for them. It's very, very hard. Um, they're in the classroom a lot. We're, we're trying to teach them construction skills. We're going through, um, um, you know, work readiness. It's like being in school. And a lot of these guys never liked school to begin with. And so one of the things that we had been struggling with as a uh, organization was how do we make that time more interesting, more meaningful? Um, and you know, about the time we were struggling with that, here at Rolling Hills, we start the 40-day challenge. Um, and it just kind of came, came to us, like 40-day challenge. Why don't we do that? And so um, I'm happy to say in January, with our next class, we'll be having the 40-day challenge, where we're going to you know, be telling these guys, you got 40 days. And over the next 40 days, God's going to be preparing you for um, great things. And so, uh, you know, rather than a grueling eight weeks of going to class, it's a 40-day challenge where we know that God's showing up. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, another one. We have time for another one? Yeah. All right. I want to tell you about a phone call that I got a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, not all the guys that come through the program um, are a success. And, you know, we, we do get every single man a job. And these are good jobs. They're, they're you know, real jobs. Um, but sometimes the guys screw up and they lose their jobs. Um, and I was kind of looking at the results for the year and a little discouraged that, you know, so many guys have wasted a great opportunity and starting to question is, you know, what we're doing really working? Um, you know, and, and I just allowed myself to get to a point where, I, you know, basically just kind of starting to feel sorry for myself. It's like, we're working so hard and these guys don't appreciate it and it just doesn't seem to matter. And, you know, as I was kind of having those feelings and, and being a little bit frustrated, my cell phone rings. Um, and I don't recognize the number. And, you know, quite frankly, I was just kind of, you know, in the moment, it's like, I don't want to talk. Um, so I'll just let it go to voicemail. Well, they don't leave a voicemail. The phone rings again immediately. All right, so I figured, wrong number. I'm not going to answer it. No voicemail, but it rings a third time. All right, so now this time I'm starting to think, uh-oh, what's going on? I go through my mind. Where's everybody in my family? Is everybody safe? And I can't answer it, right? Because I mean, now they're going to know I should be ignoring it. So um, <laughs> it rings a fourth time. So like now I'm, I'm actually starting to panic a little bit, but this time there's a voicemail. So I immediately listen to the voicemail, and uh, the voicemail, um, and then the phone call that happened after that was just amazing. Um, a young man in our program, Nate Cedric, and you'll see a video of him here in a minute, um, was calling me. He left me a message. Mr. Steve, Cedric, you need to call me as fast as you can. So, of course, the first thought I have is, okay, here's another guy who's lost his job. Uh, you know, he's locked up. They're giving him one phone call, and I've ignored it. 
Um, so I call him back as fast as I can. Cedric, everything okay? Oh, Mr. Steve, everything's great. I'm at work. Um, we're taking a break. All the guys went in to get food, so I just thought I'd call it and tell you that I love you. And so all of a sudden now, I'm wishing I'd taken that phone call to begin with. Um, he said, I just want you to, to know that if what you're doing can impact me, it can impact anybody, so don't get discouraged. How did, how did he know I needed that phone call right then and there? Um, so it was amazing. But then what he did is he went on and he told me about something that had happened to him the day before. So he grew up uh, without a whole lot of positive influence in his life. And, and he'd share with me that one of the things that he's frustrated with is, is kind of the, the lies that he'd been growing up with. And one of the things that uh, he'd been told uh, time and time again was that, that basically every white man is trying to put you down. Um, you can't trust him. And so he decided he was going to take one of his friends out to breakfast and try to tell them that's not true. And he was going to share some of his experiences with them. So he took him to breakfast at Exxon. And he was very proud. He's like, I took him to Exxon and I spent $4 on his breakfast. And I told him, what you've been telling me isn't true. And he, I gave him a bunch of examples. On the way out, I paid. And breakfast was $4 and I got change back, but it was too much. So the old Cedric would have walked off thinking he was a millionaire. But the Cedric that, uh, that's around today, Remember that you guys told me it's the stuff you do when people aren't looking that make you a real man. So I went in there and told the cashier, gave me too much money. The cashier called the manager over. The manager asked for his ID. So now Cedric is thinking, uh-oh, maybe this isn't exactly what I thought. Um, I should have just kept the money and gone. So he handed over his ID. Said, or the manager went to the back and came back out after having make a, made a photocopy of it. Gave back the ID, and on top of that piece of paper, the, the manager had written, give this man anything he wants under $20 for the next two weeks. And gave his ID back and said, Cedric, last week the cash score came up short and someone lost the job. Today, unless you'd come in and done this, someone else would have lost their job. I just want you to know how thankful we are for uh, what you've done. So Cedric just turned around to his friend and said, see? And so, uh, <laughs> um, it's just incredible the way God's working in these men's lives. Gosh, that's amazing. Steve, what are you thankful for today? <laughs> um, I'm thankful for that nagging feeling that doesn't go away. Mm. Um, and I'm thankful for a church that has taught me to listen to it and to respond to it. Um, and I'm thankful for a God who knows what we need and gives it to us. Um, and I'm thankful for a God that gives broken men a chance to do great things. Wow, that's awesome. Well, let, let's see a little story from Cedric right here. Let's yeah. meet Cedric. Okay. So you'll meet Cedric, and the other person in the video is uh, Eric. Eric is our program director, um, and so um, just enjoy this video. Cedric is a, is a great, great man. And by the way, Cedric is going to be baptized next week. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. What I have learned about Cedric is, is once you begin to peel back the layers, and you can see that this was simply a young man that just needed opportunity. He grew up under some very difficult circumstances, has had a very tough childhood, very tough adulthood. He felt like his life was at a standstill, and uh, somebody had told him about 413 Strong. So with his willingness to know more, he sought out and he found us. After talking to Eric on the phone about the program and what it was that we were going to do for him, he sold everything he owned. He bought a one-way bus ticket to Nashville, and he was prepared to give us everything that he had to make it into the program. My name's Cedric Doty. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. And my story basically starts off when I was seven years old. That was the beginning of it. My birth mother, she was killed October 7th, a day after my birthday, which is October 6th. From that point on, I never had a house 
I began running the streets of New Orleans with no guidance. That led me to incarceration at the age of 10. I was released back into society at the age of 17. I got put on lockdown in Angola State Penitentiary for five years, and I just couldn't never figure out what wasn't right about my life. And I realized that I was never given a chance. At that point, I realized I don't care no more. I gave up. I said, if I go back on the streets and they send me back out here, ain't no turning back this time, because I felt I have no hope. It was like real troubling because I felt I could do better. I just didn't know how to do better. So I wind up going to Memphis, gang related. I had made it to the top of the ranks and I moved to Memphis to participate in that activity. And some kind of way, I end up going to church. And when I went to church, I met a pastor and he told me about a program named 413. I heard him, but I didn't hear him because I really basically gave up on all these kind of programs because all this stuff that been introduced to me before and it turned out to be a bunch of nothing. So this particular night, I walked in a gang house and I just looked around and I'm like, I don't want this no more. This just something just overcame. I'm like, I'm tired, I don't want it. I walked out, I ain't have nowhere to go. That morning, I wind up calling Mr. Eric and the stuff he started telling me, it was unreal. He said, if you make it to Nashville and complete mental toughness, I can guarantee you that you're gonna have everything you're looking for, starting with a peace of mind. And I thought about what he said, you guarantee this. Ain't no way in the world this could be real. And if it's real, I'm about to find out. God actually answered my prayers. He actually heard me crying out. And he didn't answer me when I thought he was supposed to, but eventually it happened. And when I found this program, I actually understood that God answered me. I made it, and 413 is what he had in store for me. I didn't even think people like this existed in the world. They embrace me, they, they treat me like a, a regular citizen, and it give me the motivation to want to do something positive. This program, by saving my life, saved a lot of innocent people for the simple fact. Before this program, I was willing to do anything to anybody at any given time, and it's sad, and I'm ashamed of it now. All I could do is better myself, take full advantage of this program, and try to help anybody that I know developing themselves, becoming a better man. And there's no way possible that none of that could have transpired in my life if it wasn't for 413. I know for a fact I'd be dead or back in jail right now. And for that alone, I feel like I'll forever be in debt with this program because it's everything that a person like me could ever dream of. And I was told before I come here that change don't come overnight. Change comes when you're ready. And if you're ready for it to happen overnight, it's gonna happen. Because if you got it in your heart and your mind to change, there ain't no better place in the world than, than 413 Strong. Wow. Guys, we have so much for which we hit. We just have so much for which to be thankful, don't we? Don't we? I mean, I wrote on my leave three things. One, I wrote Jesus. <laughs> it's Christ who changes lives. It's Christ and Christ alone who changes Cedric's life. My life, you know, Steve, Brooke, all of us. It's Christ. And if you're here today and you're searching and you're seeking, it's Christ. I'm telling you, it's Jesus. And you call out and he's there. <laughs> he's there. The second thing I wrote is, is family. I'm just thankful for my wife. I'm 
thankful for my daughters. I'm thankful for my parents. I'm thankful for my nieces and nephew. I'm just thankful that God's put people around us, you know, and that we never take that for granted. It's so easy to get, just take that for granted and never forget you are blessed to have people in your life who love you and care about you. And then I wrote church. <laughs> I just wrote you guys. I'm thankful for you. I really am. I'm thankful that so many of you have taken a next step in your faith journey, you know. You're, you're serving, you're giving back. Maybe you're leading a community group, you're leading a ministry, you're going on a mission trip, or somehow you're being generous. And God is using you, church, to impact the lives of thousands of people for his name and for his glory and we get to do this together I, I, I mean this all my heart there's no place in the world I'd rather be I mean there's no place in the world I'd rather be than right here serving God with you at Rolling Hills and I'm so thankful for you and so today we just want to respond back to God and just give him the glory so I want to turn it over to Pastor Nick Pastor Nick is at the table and we're going to have a time of family of sharing, of worship and thanksgiving Good morning, church. Um, we get to make our way today to a table, um, not unlike the table that you'll experience on Thursday this week, um, a table where family will gather. And one of the things that you'll do on Thursday is share. Um, someone will say, could you please pass the mashed potatoes? And you'll share what you have. They'll say, pass me the cranberry sauce, and we'll see opportunities for families to share it with one another. And we come to this table today because we've already been shared with because God shared with us his son, because Jesus shared with us his life. And it was the most amazing thing that we've ever been given. In an upper room celebrating a Passover holiday, Jesus took bread, bread that they thought meant one thing, and he explained that now it was gonna mean something different. Now, every time they took the bread, it would remind them that Christ's body would be broken for them. And in the same way, he took the cup and explained something new, a new covenant for them, a new understanding of a promise for them that now every time they took the cup, um, they would remember Jesus because Jesus' blood was shed for them. And so we come today um, to share in these elements as a reminder of what Jesus has done for us. And as we do, we bring the only thing that we can, Thanksgiving, the things for which we are grateful we didn't do anything to earn this salvation. We don't do anything to sustain or keep this salvation, but we bring to God our gratitude for this salvation because he gave us his son. And so we celebrate that today, thankfully. If you're a mom and dad in the room, um, you have a special opportunity today to bring your kids um, to the table with you, um, to share with them what these elements mean to you and what these elements can mean to them. If your son or daughter has already experienced salvation, already trusted Jesus Christ for um, the gift of grace that he's given to us, already walked through believer's baptism, then they're invited to participate at the table with you. Um, if not, then this just becomes another teachable moment for you to explain why it is we gather and why we have placed faith in a God who would share with us that which we could never deserve, um, but that which he was so willing to sacrificially and to freely give this is, it feels like a, a self-service table as you come to approach a plate or a cup, but it's really not. It's a God-service table because it's, it's our Heavenly Father who has so generously and so richly served us. And so this morning, I invite you to bring your thanksgivings and to receive 
a symbol of the gift of Jesus that we've already been given today. There are gluten-free options at the corners of the table, and so I invite you, if that's a need, to make your way to one of those. But as we come today um, to celebrate, let's go to God in prayer and in a spirit of thanks. Father, we are unbelievably grateful for the gift that we've been given in Jesus, for the sacrifice that he made so that you could share life with us, so that you could share eternity with us, so that you could once and for all top the lists, God, of all of the things that we have to be grateful for. This year and every year, Jesus, we are thankful for you. Thankful for your body, thankful for your blood, thankful for the life that you've shared. It's in your holy and precious name that we pray and that we give our thanks today. Amen.